Have you ever had a struggle that you thought, this is going to be the end of me? I am not getting through this. This is just too overwhelming. I remember this time that my mom called me and she was telling me about this problem she was having in her house. And she said, Tony, my bathroom floor is all soft and squishy. I was like, mom, that's not normal. So I said, I'll take some time off. I figured she had a leak or something that was causing the floor to rot. So I get down there, took this time off. I went in there, tore into the floor. It was rotten all the way through. Then I started tracing this, the source of this, and it was coming from the wall where the, the wall was all rotten too. Pull back all the drywall, take out the shower, discover that the pipes were all broken and leaking in the spot that was also connected to their kitchen. Had to tear all that out. I remember getting into this and trying to figure out what I'm gonna do because I knew I only had so much time before the uh, stores started closing where I wasn't gonna be able to get the parts. My dad said, hey, no problem, Tony. There's a store down the street, a little hardware store. You can get whatever you need. I remember it almost being time for closing. And so I, I drove down there, went to this little country store, had a sign on the door that says closed, and, you know, went home early. And I'm thinking, this is not good. I can't take this right now. I, I need these parts. I remember trying to drive all the way in the town to get these, grab whatever I could, got back to the house, started tearing into this. So I'm cutting out pipes, I'm doing all this. I had to cut off all the water to the house. There's no hot water, there's no cold water. Nobody can take showers. My mom and dad were like, no problem, we'll make do. I know you'll get this done soon. So I tear into this and I start cutting into the pipes and every pipe that I touch began to break and crack. It was all old, it was brittle, it was falling apart, I was frustrated. Eventually, they all started going to bed, and I'm thinking, I have to get this done. I am, I am committed. There's no way out of this. The more that I begin to get into this, the bigger problems I had, the less pieces that I had to fix it. And finally, I thought that I had it all put together. Now, the crazy thing is, this is an old country house, so the, the cutoff for the water was all the way out at the road. So it was like two, 300 feet away from the house. So I went out there, I cut off the water, I had it all cut off while I'm doing the work. But once I had it all set, I'm thinking I can turn the water back on, it's all gonna be good. But there was no one in the house to tell me if it was leaking. So I went out there, turned the water on, ran back up to the house to find water spraying out everywhere. The old pipes were not connecting right to the new pipes. I was so frustrated, I was so tired. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I'm thinking, I am so exhausted. I just don't have the patience or the strength to keep doing this. I am, I'm just maxed out. I don't even have the resources to keep doing this. So I was determined. So I ran back out there, turned the water back off and I started fixing the pipes again and I had it all put back together. And I'm like, dear God, please make this the last time. I can't keep doing this. So I remember having it all put together. I had the wall tore off in the kitchen, wall tore off in the bathroom, had it all sitting there. I went out to the road, turned it off, ran as fast as I could back up to the house. I get back in, no leaks. I am thinking, praise God, I can finally go to bed. It was like four o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. So I remember getting ready and I'm about to lay down and all of a sudden I heard this loud noise one of the pipe fittings blew off in the kitchen side, shot it across the kitchen. It hit the wall. And then all of a sudden the water began to flow. And I'm not just saying come out. It was like, a, it, like an explosion of water all over the kitchen, all over the floor, spraying out everywhere. And remember, I'm, I'm ready for bed. So I'm barefoot. I get up, no flashlight, nothing to be able to see. Sprint out the door. I run all the way to the street, turn it off, 
go back up to the house. Now I've got this broken pipe, water everywhere, no parts to even put it back together. I'm on my hands and knees soaking up this water so it doesn't ruin anything else. And I am a grown man at the point of tears, frustrated, exhausted, and just have no resources, nothing left to be able to put this back together. And I remember sitting there just about to cry, literally about to cry, saying, Dear God, I can't do this. I can't do this. Now, let me tell you, we all have struggles. And your struggles might not be a broken pipe in the wall. But I promise you, struggles are part of life for all of us. Here's the thing. Struggles are real. And they're part of all of our lives. It's not that you're broken. It's not that you're just not good enough. It doesn't matter who you are. Sometimes we go into the church and we look around thinking that everybody has it figured out but you, but that's not true. This coronavirus has really pushed a lot of people to their limits. Now, I know some people, you're chilling, you're cool, but for others, this has added pressure and complications and stress on you that you're not used to having. It's pushed you to a point that you're not... You're, you're not used to being in, the, in that point of stress and frustration and in, in, in that struggle of everyday life. Now, I know struggles are different for everybody. And I want to be real with this because there are some things, just like I was telling that story, uh, I got to the place where I couldn't just quit. I had to get the water back on. But at the same time, I was out of resources. Out of, I was out of strength to keep going. Have, have some of you been that way when it comes to maybe you have cancer and you're just exhausted? And you can't just walk away from it. But this thing has had such a grip on your life that it is just controlling you. You're exhausted and yet you can't just walk away from this. Maybe it's problems in a relationship. You're in a marriage that you can't fix and you can't connect, but you can't just walk out. You're struggling with your kids and they're connecting to school or connecting to friends or trying to be homeschooled at home. All these things that you're trying to do and all of these things just add up on you finances or you work a job that you can't quit your job you need that job but you work with people or you have circumstances in that job that just push you to your limits and you're exhausted and maybe you're that type of person that you say man i just push it away i push it away i try to get it out of my mind but all of a sudden you realize that at some point in time you're just exhausted you're just without strength there's nothing more that you have to give So this passage that I want to look at, we're looking at this passage of Paul being just totally honest. He's opening up. Let me me clarify something. Paul was a good man. He loved God. He served God. He wrote a ton of the Bible, especially here in the New Testament that we're we're writing or reading what he wrote. This is real stuff, but he's being honest and he open and and he starts being uh, transparent about a struggle that he was having. Now listen like what Paul was saying in this passage as he, as he gets real. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He said, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of revelation, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Think about that description that he is saying, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Many saying, man, I, I've got this issue. In this struggle that he was describing, he, he painted this picture, this visual of a thorn. You think about what that, that's very descriptive of having a thorn in your flesh. See, struggles bring pain. Struggles bring hurt. 
they, they, they wear on you, they get to you. They're, they're not pleasant whatsoever, they're uncomfortable. I was saying earlier about my mom living in Alabama. I grew up in Alabama. One of the most fun things that we would do is we would, we would go out through the woods, we'd go exploring, we, we'd play games in the woods. And I remember there being thorns everywhere. There'd be all these briar bushes and stuff. You'd be running through the woods and you'd be doing your thing and having fun. And all of a sudden you just run past one. It would catch your hand or your arm or whatever. And you knew it on the, on the moment. You knew it because it would rip into your skin. It would hurt. And that's what the Bible is talking about this. It brings pain. A thorn is something that you just get from being in life. You think about it. It's not that God's picking on you. A thorn is something that's just naturally part of life. It is something that's naturally going to happen. It's around it and it affects all of us. It just happens. The the idea of the thorn started all the way back from Genesis. And and in this passage, maybe that's what Paul was talking about, uh, of the fact that with the fall of man, the Bible said that, that there would be a curse. There would be struggles. There would be problems in the earth because of the curse. The one illustration that God said because of this, that the ground would bring forth thorns and thistles, bring forth things that when you're dealing with life that would hurt you. That's what a thorn is. That's what struggles are. They're things that hurt. So sin brought pain and we live in this world of sin. And so we're affected by sin and it hurts. He he said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. And I started thinking about what Paul was being honest and transparent when he said that. He said, there's a messenger of Satan. See, the thing is, struggles get into our heads. You know this to be true. This is so real among us. You're going through a struggle, and maybe you leave your work, you had a hard time, and you're leaving work, and then all of a sudden you're thinking in your mind, man, I can't do this anymore. I'm not cut out for this. You, you go home and you're dealing with your kids, or you're dealing with your spouse, or you're dealing with whatever. And you're thinking... I'm done. I'm not a good mom. You think it said a messenger or someone that delivers a message, which was Satan, a messenger of Satan. You think about what Satan does. He works through the thorn, through the pain, through the struggle to tell you you're not good enough. What did you do wrong? Man, you're never going to make it out of this. You don't, you, don't have, you don't have the ability. Maybe he points out failures from your past or things that you've done wrong or, or weaknesses that you have, but he messes with us. I'll tell you what, it is a real battle for us to mentally deal with just, just frustrations in life where we're thinking, man, I'm just not good enough. Or it even goes deeper than the messenger of Satan. He is a liar. He'll tell you, man, God must not like you. Or you, you must not be a good enough person or good enough Christian. Or man, are you just cut out to fail or, or struggle through the rest of your life? It is a spiritual war. Man, do you understand that God is in this world and God is with us, but Satan is in this world and so is he. He's against us. He's around us just as much. He's, he says this. He, he says this, the second part of this, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, think about what that word, that word buffet means to work me over. That The struggles beat us down. Struggles beat us down. And maybe that's a point that you're sitting there saying, man, I get that point. Man, I totally get that. I'm not big into watching boxing, but I've seen enough of it to know that eventually they both get worn down. And the one that has more strength at the time will push the other guy in the corner and they kind of like lean in on each other. And that one guy, he'll just finds a spot, an open spot with his fist and he just wears at him the same spot over and over again. 
That's what Satan does. He loves to push you into a corner and find that spot of weakness. And the Bible says that he buffets me. He just works me over with his fist. He just tears me down. He just takes that circumstance and then just beats me up with it. If it's finances, one more bill, one more bank report saying that you're, you don't have the money, insufficient funds, one more comment from that spouse, one more thing that you're brought into the office and you're ridiculed for not doing a good enough job. It just keeps coming back and you get to the point you're saying, I'm just tired. I'm beat up emotionally. I'm beat up physically. I'm strung out emotionally and financially. I'm just done. I'm done. Paul, at the beginning of this book, he was real. And I want you to see that people in the Bible, they weren't some superheroes. They were real. They were tired. They went through things. And Paul wrote this in his passage. He was saying this. He said, for, he said I, I, I want you to be honest with you, brothers and sisters in Christ. I want, I want you to know what I've been through. And he says in 2 Corinthians 1.8, he says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble that came to us in Asia. He said, I don't want you being ignorant of the trouble that we went through, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we spared, despaired even life. Paul, the spiritual leader, said, let me me be honest. He said, we got to the point, we, we, we had nothing left to give. I was worn out. I despaired even life. I, I didn't even think I was going to make it. Getting to mentally the dark thoughts and things like, I'm never going to get through this. I'm depressed, overwhelmed with anxiety. I'm filled with trouble. I cannot do this. But if we keep reading and studying this, we understand what God was saying was the hope or the change or the turning point that we can have. That's what we all need. We need a change of direction. We need to go from that weakness to strength. But here's what Paul was saying in this. He was making this emphasis. He says in verse 8, you can't do it alone. And that is so important for us to understand. He said, for this thing, this thorn, this pain, this struggle, I besought the Lord three times, thrice, he said, of that, that it might depart from me. Now you got to think what Paul was asking at the beginning of this. Paul was asking, God, I want you to take the struggle away. I don't want to go through this. I don't want this to be in my life. Lord, just make it go away. But that's not what happened. You see, physically speaking, we, we run out of strength. You, you think about it, it's the same thing as when you talk about a car. You, a car has to have gas put into it, and it only can go so far before an outside source has to put the strength or the ability to keep going that's needed inside of it to, to move it. It's the same thing with us. We were created to have God. Now, I, I say you, you can't do this alone. And sometimes we run to other things. We run to other people. But let me tell you, they can encourage you and things might make you happy momentarily, but they don't give you the internal strength that you need, your mental, your, your emotional strength that you need to keep going. That is something that only can come from God. The, the, the problems that we're facing are bigger than we are. And you can be determined, you can have your mind make up, you can, you, you can wake up in the morning saying, man, I'm going to do it today. But eventually we run out of strength again. And, and even though we're, we're determined to do it, that doesn't make it that we're going to be able to overcome these circumstances, these struggles that are bigger than we. Notice what he says in verse 8. He said, for this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. 
And the Bible says in this, and he, and he said unto me, now remember, there was a messenger of Satan at the beginning of it. Satan was speaking to us. He works through those struggles. But then God comes in and says, let me speak to you. Let me speak words of truth and life into you. Satan has a message. He gets into our heads, but God's message is stronger and more powerful if we will listen. God has a message for us. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. God says in this, he said, my grace. Think about what he's saying. God says, I have what you need. God was saying, my grace. You think about all the ways that he could have said. He didn't just say my strength. God didn't say my strength is sufficient for thee. He said, my grace. Now you got to think what grace means and what it represents. Grace of God represents everything that he has that he is giving us that you don't deserve. Everything that he has that is the divine God or our amazing God, the master of everything, the creator of everything, says to you, I give you this. You don't deserve it. It's not because you're the number one mom. It's not because you are uh, the best at your job. It's not because you've been doing great at everything. It's not because of any of those things. It's because he loves you. He says, my grace. Now think about what he's offering you. God's saying, what I have, I give to you. I give you patience that you don't have. I give you peace that you don't have. I give you strength. I give you an inner calm. God's saying, I'll give you a new perspective. I'll, 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 I'll keep your heart and mind. I'll guard your heart and mind. God was saying, what I have, I give to you. The only source that we could turn to that's actually going to give us what we need is God. God is the one that has what we need. He says in this passage, he said, it's sufficient. My grace is sufficient. It's all that you need. And it will take care of everything. It's money runs out. You know, jobs fail us. Relationships fail us. But God's saying, what I have will never fail you. It is enough. God is enough to give you what you need. But here's the thing that I want to point out too, that God offers us what we need. God offers offers it to us. He says in this, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. That's what he was saying. My grace is sufficient for you. God doesn't just say, I have it. And, and if you were good enough, I'd give it to you. He says, no, I want to give it to you. God is our heavenly father. He loves to help us. Same way of any parent that's listening right now, if your child came to you and said, mom, would you help me? You would do it. You would love to help them. You have the strength and ability, the knowledge to do it. You take pleasure in that. But when your kids struggle and they push you out, they're leaving you out of their circumstance. I remember when Logan was just a little boy. He was like three years old. He was, he was trying to dress himself. He was frustrated. And I'm down the hallway and I told him, Logan, if you ever get into a situation and you need dad to help, you just call, just ask me, I'll help you, no problem. So he's down there, he's determined to do it himself. And I hear him frustrated, he's crying, he's getting aggravated, I can hear him getting mad. And, and, and eventually, eventually, when he was all worn out, when he was struggling, he was, he was tired of the circumstance, he comes down the hallway crying for dad, asking for my help. And it was the funniest sight. He's all wrapped up in his shirt. His arm is through his, the, the head hole and his other arm is this. And he's caught up in this shirt and he can't, he can't even see. And I just remember his little whimpering voice saying, Dad, will you help me? Dad, help me. Of course I'll help you. Isn't that sad though? That we wait till we're ready to quit and we're frustrated and we're tired. And we're saying life isn't even worth it anymore. 
I can't do this. I just don't care anymore. Before we finally get to the point of saying, okay, God, help me. When our father is in the next room like I was, God is standing there right next to us, waiting for us to cry out, waiting for us to turn to him and saying, waiting for us just to say, Dad, I can't do it. You think about what this is all about. You see, what is it that causes us to do that? Let's just be honest. It's pride. Pride is saying, I can do this. I have this all figured out. I don't need you. When God's the one that says, you need to lean on me. I'm your strength. With me, you can mount up on wings of eagles. Take my yoke upon me and, and, and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everything that God said is, don't do it alone. Because when you do, you fail. You run out of strength. You run out of energy. You get to the point where you can't handle it. And let's just be honest. Eventually, we fail and sometimes that failure brings us to a low point in our minds that we want to just completely give up in life. You're out of strength and you say, why do we do this? Why is it this way? Because you were never meant to do this alone. Now you might be at a point right now where you're just saying, I am spent. I am exhausted. I am done. Let me just say to you, that is awesome. And you're thinking, you are crazy. Nobody wants to be at a place that you are just out of options and out of strength. But that's what God was saying in this. He was, he was telling Paul when he was talking to him, he says this in verse 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. He said, my strength is made perfect, is accomplished through your weakness. You say, that is so crazy. Why would God say that he accomplishes his strength through your weakness. Because it is through our weakness that we get to that point of just saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I think we struggle with pride so much, especially in America, that we're above so many things. We have so many things figured out that we never say the words that I can't do this or I need God. Do you, Like I said a minute ago, what, what the issue is, it's pride. God can't work in pride when man builds himself up to say, I've got this. I can handle this. In America, and and especially even around the world, people have had this idea that we don't need God. But I think when we get worn out, like Paul was saying, in my weakness, when I am to the place that I can't do it, that's when I looked up because God works through humility. I was just explaining that story about Logan being tied up in a shirt and not being able to do it. It was at the place that he got the help when he was at his lowest point where he said, you know what, I give up. I just can't do this anymore. And he walked down the hallway and he says, Dad, it was at that point that I intervened. It was at that point that I used my strength to help him because he was never meant to do it alone, that God gave him a parent. God gave him someone in his life that has the strength and the resources to be able to love him and give him what he needs. Do you realize that the greatest thing that Americans can do right now is turn to God? to realize that in our problem, to sit there and say, God, we're struggling. I'm struggling at home. We're struggling as a nation. We're struggling at a world. And to sit there with that struggle and look up at God and say, God, I can't do this. And I need your help. The Bible says in the Old Testament, this passage about explaining about America, about the world, about Christians. 
when you're going through a hard time, in 2 Chronicles 7, 13, he explains if there is no provision, if there's struggles of sickness and everything else, he says, if all that's going on, he says in verse 14, he says, if my people who are called by my name will, here's the, listen to this, the first thing he says, will humble themselves. Literally, before he says, turn from their wicked ways and everything, the first step of that is humbling yourself, where you just say, God, I can't do this. And humbling yourself is looking up to God saying, God, I need you. And right now in our world, and right now through people being weak and exhausted and tired, we're seeing this transpire. We see people that are on their knees, people turning to God, people praying, people asking for prayer. People praising God and reaching out to God like we've never seen before because it begins with humility. See, what he was teaching us through this is there can be no real strength without God. There can be no real strength without humility. You know, Paul was teaching us a lesson through this. He said this, he said in this passage in verse 9, he said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul responded with this. He said, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities. I'd rather glory in my problems. He said that the power of Christ might rest upon me. He said, I'd rather go through stuff. I'd rather go through issues and have problems in my life and have the power of God then I wouldn't be able to go through life without problems and be weak. See, the thing is, Paul realized that when he humbled himself and he recognized that that thorn was something that actually was a blessing because it made him turn to God. See, here, this is what I've been trying to say through all of this, is you can do this with God. And I don't think we should leave that last part off of it. You have to understand that you can do this but you have to do it with the strength of God. You were not created to go through life without God. You were not created to go through problems without the one that gives us strength. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our strength that gets us through. He is greater than our circumstances. He's greater than coronavirus. He's greater than the economy problems. He is greater. Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said this, and we, we say this verse all the time. He says, I can do all things. And I think a lot of us just stop right there. I can do all things. But he said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand that you can do this with the strength of God, but you cannot do it if you leave out God. And it's all it comes down to whether we're going to recognize as God being our strength if we're, or if we're going to turn to everything in this world for strength and leave out, God, we can't do this. This is divine strength. This doesn't make sense in our mind. It is the God of heaven, the God that's a creator, reaching into your life and into your mind, into your heart, motions, and strengthening you in a way to get you through like he did through every person in the Bible. God is writing your story right now. God is working in your life to show glory, uh, the glory of God to the people around you, where people say, how are you doing this? And you say, I don't know. All I know is that I've been trusting in God and I've been turning to God for this. And he explained that God's strength is greater than anything that he would face. I ask you this, are you tired of losing? Are you tired of being tired? Are you tired of being weak? And if you're at that place of weakness right now, I'm going to tell you you're in a good place 
because maybe God's just using these circumstances or that moment of weakness right now to, to remind you that you can't do this and that you need God. So I challenge you right now, if you know God and you've been trying to do this without God, I want to remind you that you need the strength of God. And you say, well, I have God. I've accepted God as my personal Savior. Praise God for that. But that doesn't mean that you have humbled yourself in these situations, in your circumstances, in the thorn that you're facing right now, to turn to God and say, I can't do this. To take that right now and say, God, I can't do this. God, I humble myself and I ask for your strength. That is the challenge that I'm giving you. That is, that is the takeaway from this right now. It's for you as a believer to call out to God, humble yourself, quit relying on your own strength, recognize your weakness, and turn to God. His grace is sufficient. He has everything that you need, and He wants to help you. But I know that there's some people right now that are listening that you say that I don't have God in my life even to ask for strength. I don't have that relationship. And I've said this so many times, but I want you to get this, that it is a relationship between you and God. It is not about religion. It's not about going through the motions of things. It's not about even you getting to a church because God will meet you wherever you're at. But God's waiting for us to call out to Him. The Bible says that when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were without strength, when we had nothing to give, we could not save ourselves, we could not fix ourselves, we could not be good enough to save ourselves. And our sin, remember that thorn that we have came as a result of sin, and we all have sin in our lives. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible made us a promise that He offers us something. Remember that grace that He offers us? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. God offers us salvation by the grace of God. He gives us salvation if we would just repent of our sin and say, God, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. That's that humbling. God, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. We're all sinners and we must repent of our sin. Acknowledge that sin is what leads to hell. But God's grace and salvation forgives us and gives us a place in heaven. But you must believe in your heart. That's what Romans 10, 9 says, believe in your heart. If you'd confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. You must understand that it is a relationship between you and God that is fixed in your heart. You must repent in your heart and ask God to come in. And I promise you this, this is where that strength comes in. It, but it must start with a relationship with God. You having God in your life. Have you done that? Have you made things right between you and God? Have you acknowledged your sin before God and said, God, I can't handle this, but I need you. You say, I thought we were talking about strength. It is strength, but that strength begins with a relationship with God. And wherever you're at right now, I challenge you to pray this between you and God, not repeating my words, but from your heart. You bow your head in your heart, in your mind right now. You pray this, dear God, I am sorry. Lord, I've tried to do this on my, by myself. And God, I know that I'm not good enough. And Lord, I know that my sin makes my destination hell. And I ask you to set me free from that. I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. God, I'm confessing right now that I need you. I confess that you are God and you are Lord. And I want you in my life. I want a relationship with you in my life. God, I need you in my life. Lord, come into my life. Amen. 
And if you prayed that, it's not repeating the words, but like Romans 9, 10, 10, 9 and 10 says in that passage, that it's with your heart. It's inside of you that you believe that. And if you do, you will be set free. You will be forgiven. Because I'm telling you this, you can do this with God.